captain's logs. Han Solo. I'm Captain Millennium Falcon. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. Listening to Captain's Logs and Lightsabers, part of the Geek News Now podcast network. Hey, Captain's Logs and Lightsabers listeners. Got tats? Love your ink? But are you worried that your art will fade over time and the cost to keep it looking vibrant and fresh gets to be too much? Well, that's where Mad Rabbit comes in. After just one use, you'll see how Mad Rabbit is effective on old and new tattoos. All natural ingredients are used to keep this from feeling oily or greasy. Even better, use promo code CLLPOD and save a whopping 20% on every purchase. Keep your ink looking great and save money. Check it out. MadRabbit.com. Promo code CLLPOD. Hey, welcome to episode 30 of Captain's Logs and Lightsabers podcast. My name is Jonathan. I am one of the hosts of the show. Uh, I'm joined this week, in this episode, and every episode by my co-host, Chris. How's it going? I'm good, Jonathan. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. We are here to talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 2. And uh, just like the last time we talked about a Star Trek series, I couldn't just give you Chris and I. So not uh, this time I found not one, but two guests to join us. So first of all, we're going to welcome Jean-Marc Tolley. He is the host of the War of the Stars podcast on GNN. How's it going? Uh, it is going good. It is actually good to be talking Star Trek. I love Star Wars, but I'm also a Trekkie at heart. So it is going to be exciting to talk about one of my favorite Star Trek series of all time, Strange New Worlds. Yeah, it's a wonderful series, and uh, I'm going to introduce our second guest, and that is, uh, he is on the Geek Gauntlet podcast, which is also a live YouTube show every Saturday evening. Uh, welcome, Shaw. Hey, how y'all doing? What's up? Not much, man. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's This has been a long time coming, trying to get you on the show, huh? Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I'm a big <laughs> fan of both Star Wars and Star Trek, so here I am. All right. All right. So, um, of course, we are going to talk Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. But first, we're going to... How did we geek this week? So, let's start with Chris. How did you geek this week? All right. Well, I haven't done too much geek stuff recently. But last week with my Star Trek fan club, the USS Stella Parada, we went to Star Wars night at PNC Park. Watched the Pirates play the Cubs. Got to watch Darth Vader, some Stormtroopers, and some uh, red, uh, I guess, Emperor's bodyguards come on the field. And we had a really good time with it. It was just a good time for Star Trek fans to geek out about Star Wars a little bit. And it was great that we won 2-1. Very nice. Yeah. How about you? Uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before my wife and I went to painting with a twist and, uh, it was my first time there. She'd been there a few times already. Um, but we did like a blacklight painting. It was kind of cool. Oh, that's pretty neat. Where's that at Ross park mall? Uh, the one we went to is in Greensburg. Oh, in Greensburg. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. Shaw, how did you geek this week, buddy? Um, let's see. Um, I just started watching the live action One Piece most recently. I'm up to episode three. 
And I've started rewatching um Naruto Shippuden because there's a whole bunch of episodes I've missed. So, you know, I got the list for fillers episodes to skip. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice, nice. So the live action One Piece, is it better than the live action Cowboy Bebop? I haven't watched it, but I've heard terrible things. I only saw one episode of Cowboy Bebop, but I hear it's very, very bad. So far, I'm liking One Piece. I mean, I only remember it from a very, very long time ago from the Forkis dubs. Um, I do have some issues, like um, the casting for Usopp is not a guy that should be cast, and they didn't give a prosthetic nose. You know, I'm supposed to have a long nose, but other than that, there's a lot of really good things about it. Good, good. That's good to hear. Um, I'm sure fans are happy, at least mostly happy, right? Yep. And, uh, oh, Chris, um, so, yeah, so 501st was there, right, at the Pirates game? Yes, yes, they were. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I know we talked to them a little bit at the last Steel City Con. Uh, they seem yes. like a pretty good group of guys. Yes, absolutely. Any more thought about when you're, when or if you're going to join them? <laughs> when I have the money <laughs> to put uh, yeah, together a costume, that's <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that you need time too. You know, if it's 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 a big commitment to get into a big Star Star Trek or Star Wars fan club, you know. So, but I think it would be really cool and kind of extra neat for us for the show for me being in the Star Trek fan club and you in the Star Wars one. I think it'd be wonderful. <laughs> You know? uh, we're going to make it happen one of these days. Um, just, just not sure when. Exactly. Uh, all right, Mark, you're the last one up, man. How all did right. you eat this week? Well, other than, of course, watching um, the first two, ep- first three episodes of Ahsoka, uh, not a lot. Um, I was sick the last couple of days and been fighting a cold and some other things, so I haven't really done much. Um, although from hearing you talk, I just what got to say, and I say this in all jest and love, but pirates suck. <laughs> I'm a diehard. I can't say much. I'm a diehard Cardinals fan and we have been horrible this year. So, oh, um, oh that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's fair. You know, at least we're division rivals, right? That's right. That's right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's actually, I, I do want to get out to PNC Park sometime. It looks like a beautiful stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, it's amazing. The Pittsburgh skyline, when you see it from the seats, it, especially at yeah. night, can't be topped. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We actually had our, me and my wife had our first, um, my wife's a Cub fan, and we actually got to go to our first game at Wrigley. Um, oh, nice. Which was really, it was a Cardinal Cubs game, too, which made it even more, more cool. Um, <laughs> I bet. And, yeah. Yeah. We, Cubs won, so I guess that was good. That was good for her. But anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't really do a lot of geek stuff other than watch uh, watch Ahsoka, um, and um, that was about it. Hey, that's nothing wrong with that. I mean that, that we've had three episodes in in two weeks. That's yeah. and I don't know if you watched it more than once or or uh, so far uh, just once. Um, okay, I, yeah, probably will watch the last episode again here pretty soon get ready for our show yeah um, very nice we'll record yeah all right um so i know war of the stars you just released your reaction to the first two episodes of ahsoka um but do you want to give us just a, a brief one or two you know minute just uh summary of what you liked and um, tease everybody to go listen yeah, just just listen to the show. I, I my mind kind of went blank there for a second. Sorry, <laughs> it's all um, right. I one thing one thing I like about our show, 
and I can get into this more later on when I really talk about the show is that me and my co-host Garrett, we don't always agree um, on everything. So it was, you you get a good back and forth banter between us. Um, and you know, we both, there's stuff we liked. I liked the, um, definitely, you know, this, you know, the, the character development and, you know, kind of moving the story forward and the fact that you kind of see where the story picks up at the end of rebels and how it kind of ties into the start of Ahsoka. And I will say just from what I've talked to with my co-host Garrett, this week is going to be interesting because we have, looks like we have two completely different views on Ooh. this week's episode. Uh, nice. I'll just nice. leave it at that. So <laughs> it could be fun. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I know it downloaded. It's in my queue. I, I will start listening tomorrow on my drive to work. So awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Um, Chris, what did you think of the first couple episodes of Soka? Did you get a chance to watch them yet? I watched, yes, I watched the first two episodes. I didn't get to watch episode three yet. Okay. So far, so far, I think it's really good. I really love Star Wars Rebels, and I think it's a wonderful continuation mm-hmm. of that series. Kind of see what's been going on with, with Ahsoka ever since the series ended, and Sabine kind of just kind of hiding in Ezra's old place, not really doing a whole lot. Then this whole thing with her being trained as a Jedi, that kind of came out of left field for me. But you know, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing how the show kind of plays out in that whole yeah. situation you know but otherwise i think it's really good it's been, it was worth the wait definitely good yeah yeah i i'm 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 a fan um i've <laughs> but i mean l- listeners of the show know that i'm an ahsoka fan so i was i've been excited for this for quite a while um and and there are there's some things i'm a little not sure of um how you know Anyway, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give up too much um, because I have seen episode three, so I, it's it's all kind of leading together. Um, but I, I thought the first two episodes were a good reintroduction to the characters. I th- I loved that we uh, we got live action uh, Ryder Azadi and and uh, Clancy Brown. That was mm-hmm. I, I love that we we got that. <laughs> yes, that, that was a surprise. Definitely, I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, and the same character he voiced. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I like when I like when live action is able to do that. I know they're not always able to, but I do like when they're able to take the voice actor and put them in, you know, play the same character live, live action, like with uh, Bo-Katan. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Being played by Katie Sackhoff. I mean, she nailed that role in The Mandalorian. So it's always cool, cool when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, and and Shaw, I know you were chiming in there for a bit with, um, you know, with uh, Ryder Azadi and, and uh, Clancy Brown. What would you? What were your thoughts on the episodes, the first um, two at least? The first two, okay. Well, I've seen all three, but I, do, I really I'm enjoying it. I haven't actually seen all of Rebels, but like I know enough of it to know all about Ahsoka and all that stuff, and like I know what happens in the last episode, and like I'm really enjoying it. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. I'm curious about the, um, the masks Inquisitor guy, about who he really is, because that seems like, a like something we're going to find out later. And we, we have some theories on War of the Stars, uh, yeah. who we think it is. Yeah, there's a couple of options. I mean, yeah. Ezra, Maul, maybe, um, Starkiller, which would be awesome. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. who we think it is. We think it's Starkiller, but... Yeah. I, I I believe episode three kind of 
ruins that theory just because they do actually credit the the voice for that character and it's not Whitworth. Sam, yeah. They, well, sometimes they'll do that where they'll have someone else voice and then him showing up later. I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that or, or it could just be a, a red herring. Yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> Disney likes they the they like to do that now. Get, get a yeah. and then like oh, it's going to be this thing, and then it turns out to be something completely different or even not an important character yeah. at all. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I wonder, I wonder what we're going to get. I don't know. Excited to wonder. Excited to see. Chris, do you have any theories about who that could be? The masked and, in, um, dark Jedi. To be honest with you, no, <laughs> I, I'm not as steeped into the lore of Star Wars as maybe you guys are. So I'm I'm kind of at a loss exactly of who this might be. But as I'm lo- looking to kind of f- start figuring some of that out as the series goes on, maybe I'll kind of pick up some hints and and go from there. But I'd love to have a discussion with you guys during it this whole season, kind of see what the, what comes true and what doesn't. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely break down episode by episode. I just wanted to talk about it really quick and Oh yeah. Move the ship out of the asteroid field so that we can send a clear transmission. Captain. Incoming message. Tessa, I have the news. Kind of move on to you know, we uh, I know we want to get to Star Trek Strange New World season 2, but um Chris, were you able to find any Star Trek news for us before we jump into Strange New Worlds? Well, I know that the Star Trek Picard Season 3 Blu-ray is supposed to be coming out, I believe it's next week, Tuesday the 5th. So okay. that, I think, yeah, so that, that's going to be coming out. I also read online that some of the Star Trek actors are trying to bring fans to Los Angeles and New York for Star Trek Day, which is September 8th, to help support them with the, the current strike. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I saw that on trekmovie.com. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, there there've been a lot of fans engaging in in pickets. Um yes. strike. So, uh fans, actors alike, everyone, you know, it's 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 interesting to see the level of support that they get. I mean, I it's just not feasible for me to go to LA to even no. <laughs> consider it, you know, even if I wanted to. Um a little far away from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, that's good. Um, anything else? When, when do you remember the date? Lower Decks season four premieres. Yes, uh, September seventh. Okay, perfect. So can't wait. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> we are going to be flush with content for a while, folks. Definitely. Yes. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. We and we haven't really even talked about Lower Decks much at all on this. Uh, on the show, I mean, other than just briefly in passing, we never we never broke down an entire season. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to to starting season four, and then you know maybe we'll do like a retrospective series after that or something. Absolutely, sounds like a blast. And you guys are welcome to come on as well. Oh, so cool. um, yeah, um, so September seventh, we've got Stra- or Star Trek Lower Deck season four. Um, I'm looking forward to it. That Ahsoka, um, we might still get Skeleton Crew this year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be a good year for for Star Trek and Star Wars fans. I'm, I'm, definitely, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. So, get technical with me. Logic is the beginning of wisdom, Barris. All right. Um. Well, 
let's jump right into start, uh, talking about Strange New World Season 2, because that's really why we're all here. That's why I gathered this motley crew of uh, podcast people to <laughs> to join me. So, all right. Um, we're going to start with Episode 1 of Season 2. The episode title was The Broken Circle. Um, this is the episode where the Enterprise receives the distress call from uh, La'an. Um, she compels Spock to disobey orders and, and um, you know, from, from uh, Starfleet and go assist her. Um, so, yeah, they... Uh, they have to go to a planet that is a dilithium mine, but because of a uh, an agreement between the Klingons and and Starfleet, they alternate every thirty days on this mm-hmm. planet. So, um, and of course, it's when the Klingons <laughs> are are right are just starting the rotation too, so that the the, the distress call comes. So, um, Shaw, what did you think of the episode? I enjoyed it. It was a good start. Um, like in the the ridges on the forehead back for the Cleons and the hair. I mean, nobody likes the original Discovery Cleons. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, a good start. You know, we knew that we were pushing stuff to the side, waiting for the whole um, um, Una's um, um, stuff for the following episode. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, same. Um... Chris, what, what what did you think of the episode? I liked it. It was a great start to the beginning of the season, and I loved how they started planting little seeds of what was going to happen during the rest of the season, such as Chapel trying to get this this medical field. I don't even remember what it was called, but some sort of field um, medical expedition, something to that effect. That was, and they started talking about Roger Corby, who will come up later on down mm-hmm. the line. Uh, I, I agree. That the uh, having the original the Klingons back with their foreheads that was really nice to see again. Uh, I, ag- I agree the Discovery Klingons really weren't that great to look at in my opinion to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, 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 they just yeah. didn't look right, you know. Um, so at least they went and did that again. Spock was singing and drinking blood wine with them. Of course, that was a, l- a little bit of fun there. Um, I just also the fact that they had that commandeered Federation ship and they were going to use it as a way to start to re-trigger the, the Federation Klingon war again was, yeah. was, it was an interesting kind of storyline. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, exciting start. Yeah. You mentioned Spock and the Bloodwine. Um, did anyone else get any major, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes whenever La'an was there with the Klingon uh, very much reminded me, at least, of uh, when we meet Ra- uh, Marion Ravenwood for the first time in Raiders. Mm. Yeah, I That's a good that. point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I don't know. Maybe I guess, Am I the only person that, that noticed that? I, <laughs> I, I, I Apparently, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> Okay, I, I I want I mean I watched the episode the other day, but I I, I thought that the very first time I saw it too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm gonna have to take to Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, see if anyone else to, um made that connection because I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> Mark, what were your thoughts on the episode? Uh, I, uh, like you, I I really enjoyed it. Although I will say on a personal note. I think the episode we're going to talk about next, um, the the Una episode. I think that should have been the season the season opener. Um, I just think it would have tied in to keep you know that a little bit better. 
Um, but I did like it. Um, I'm a big fan of, of, of the different ships and seeing the new design of the D seven, I was in love. Uh, the D the classic D seven's always been one of my favorite ships, uh, in star, in, in Star Trek history. So seeing it, the, the new kind of new redesign of it looked really cool. Um, I love, you know, again, Spock, you know, um, singing with the Klingons. And all I have to say is to quote Worf when it comes to the discovery Klingons, we do not speak about that. We do not speak of that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and all on a personal note, uh, for, for, for the next season of strange new worlds, I would love to see this, uh, the original series Klingons on screen at least once the yes. no forehead ridged, um, smooth, smooth, for, smooth forehead Klingons. I would geek out for that so much mm-hmm. at least yeah. once just to see that once so that we know it is still canon <laughs> i just please i want it would you be okay if it was just like a background character walking yes yeah the sure okay because sure. that might be the best we can hope for or or, even no. even <laughs> see even seeing one of the like someone like core show up yeah mm-hmm. i mean he, he would be around during this time period so mm-hmm. to see him show up you know, you know, somewhere or even see his name would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the episode. Um, I, I liked, you know, kind of the hints of what we'll get with uh, Mbenga and uh, Chapel and their background. Um, that was kind of cool. So, yeah, I, I like, like, yeah. Yeah, I like how that ended up paying off. You know, that, that yes, um, yes. That obvious, you know, there was that- I'm like, He's got super soldier serum. What is this? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I like how that paid off. That was really cool. And then of course, you know, we get to pay off at the end with the, uh, the Gorn attack ship. Um, you know, we see the, we see the, um, what Admiral April or or, yeah. Yeah. Admiral April is staring at is, is that's, you know, the, um, suspected Gorn attack ship. And then of course that pays off at the season finale. So Mm -hmm. I, I liked how, you know, we got little bits of where the season was going in that episode, even though, you know, it's, it's still, it's episodic. It still has some serialized threads running through yeah. the whole thing. That's one thing I wanted, I wanted to get your, ask you guys about, do you guys like the episodic uh, tone of the series instead of having it serialized? Chris, put, you're the biggest Trekkie of us all. So I, oh, I'm yeah. interested to hear what you think. Yeah, I, I personally do. I like it just reminds me of, of the shows watching the original series, Next Generation, all of them growing up and just being able to say, OK, this week we got this one. And then next week we got something else to look forward to, something different, you know, to yeah. kind of mix the story up throughout the season. Not that yeah. I hate the, the 10 se- the ten episode arcs. They're fun, too. But I, I like it, it's like a little mini little chapter of something every week that I, it's, yeah. I just enjoy that. The, the and the fact up. that you can jump in if you're, you know, you can jump in like, yeah, if you just watch season two, you can just watch season two and you're not going to be completely lost as to what's going on. Yes. You know, there might be a few things you, you, you might kind of be like, Oh, I'm not, what, what's that about? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you know, you can jump right in and be like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. Mm hmm. Yeah. What What do you think, Shaw? Are you a fan um, of more serialized or? Uh, it it, it kind of depends on the writing. I mean, I do prefer kind of a combination, you know, serialized storytelling with little bits of continuity here and there that leads into things. Like um, back in the day with Doctor Who, back in the day, like the first few seasons would have 
stuff that kind of link to the final episode. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do, I, I like this season. I just would have liked a little more serialization, just like maybe two more mentions of the Gorn during the season. Other than that, I think that season three is probably, I mean, season two of this, of, of, um, Strange New Worlds is probably the best season with a caveat of Star Trek because mm-hmm. every single episode is good. There's no, nothing you're going to pass, nothing you're going to skip. Yeah. So, yeah. Excluding the cartoon, because I haven't seen all the cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lower Decks is episodic uh, for the most part. You have little references here and there in in successful, you know, in in continuing episodes to things that happened prior. But, um, well, uh, Prodigy was serialized pretty much. Well, no, it was episodic mostly with serialized threads thrown in too. Right, Chris? Yes, it was. And, and, Mar- and Mark, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, most of the episodes were standalone. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it, it's nice to have episodic Trek back in a few forms. I, I think sometimes with the serialized, though, they, they always seem like such impossible stakes. Like, they're always building to such impossible stakes. And then it's like the finale is always a letdown. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how many times can... You know, Discovery have saved uh, the the galaxy from you know utter destruction. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It just it just felt so same every every season. Just felt the same. Just like faster, more intense, like George Lucas would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I just I want to I want to love this. I want to like Discovery and and I I just. I'm I'm met on it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy it for what it is. It's you know, but it definitely be in the bottom of my list if I was to rank my favorite Star Trek series. I mean, it, it, it would be near the bottom for me. It's not that I hate it. I'm not one of those people that oh, Discovery shouldn't be canon. If you and listen, if you watch or listen to my show, any I'm a huge. That. I'm a I'm a huge. Uh, uh, hugely against anyone who said something, anything should be struck from canon. But I'm just kind of like, meh, you know, and not to get on a tangent, but for me, I think Discovery should have started in where it's at now. Yes. You know, it should have started mm-hmm. in the future. And that way you don't have to retcon everything and make all of these, you know, you know, weird things to make sure that like, okay, why doesn't anyone talk about this special ship that had the ability to travel instantly anywhere <laughs> in the galaxy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we're not talking yeah. about, we're not talking about discovery. <laughs> Shaw, what, what did you want to say? Um, well, it, it does get better over time. And I do have a personal theory that both discovery and strange new worlds are all in the timeline. Because of the time travel stuff that happened with season two, the fact that um, that Michael Burnham is only alive because of time travel, so yeah, that's just my personal theory about those two season series. They keep insisting it's prime timeline, so I, I don't know. Well, you, uh, you know me. Who knows? Yeah, you know me, Jonathan. I'm a big Canonista <laughs> kind of person, so I, yeah. I, I agree with what Shaw is saying. I have a hard time seeing how those two series align with as prequels to the original series. I mean, they say it's prime and it's prime. Okay, fine. But 
you know, for me watching it for 30, how many, 30 some years, 35 years, I just don't see how they gel in certain areas. Yeah. Yes. Certain areas. No, I don't know. Well, <laughs> we'll see, I guess mm-hmm. only the writers will let us know pretty much <laughs> never underestimate the power of the writer's room. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we, we did get off on a real big wide tangent there so let's let's try to reel it back in here <laughs> um i think we've said all that we can say about episode one uh so we're going to move on to the next one and and uh mark you were talking a little bit about this earlier that was uh so episode two is uh episode called ad astra aspera um this is the courtroom drama a- episode with uh commander unichin riley she or number one she's facing her court-martial possible imprisonment and dishonor- dishonorable discharge from starfleet due to her uh genetic uh her you know modifications that were um done at birth and that she had no control over right but anyway um mark we'll start with you um i know you have some thoughts uh, yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I mean, I thought it was a, you know, Star Trek has done, has a long history of doing these sort of uh, courtroom style um, episodes like this, you know, Measure of a Man, um, uh, the uh, Menagerie, Menagerie's Part 1 and 2. Um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. Um, and it was good to see a little bit of more background of of Un- of the uh, Una character for me, and yeah, I just thought it was a uh, an overall a, a good episode, and you know, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. All right, Chris, what are your thoughts? I really enjoyed it too. I always enjoy the courtroom episodes that Star Trek has, like like what was just said, The Measure of a Man, The Menagerie Part One and Two. You had Author Author during Voyager seventh season. Uh, There's the fourth season episode. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it's where Worf is accused of, of destroying a Klingon civilian yes. ship. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was that was a really good one. Um, but the one that it reminded me the most of was the original series from the first season, uh, Court Martial. Mm-hmm. Even down to where the where the uh, the the uh, the defense attorney was actually given a book, an actual real book by Laon. Uh, it was about some sort of uh, Starfleet rules or protocol. Sam, the, the character in Court Martial, Samuel Cogley, loved books. He hated computers, so I thought that mm-hmm. was actually a pretty cool t- kind of nod to that. Um, also, just getting to lo- know a little bit more about the Illyrians, I thought was was really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's always it's always cool when Star Trek kind of introduces you to a new race. Yes. And you kind of yep. get to know know a little bit about that about that new race and what makes them, you know, special and unique mm-hmm. and yeah, it's always yeah. I I definitely want to give kudos to the young actress who played the defense attorney. She nailed that role. Oh, that was that was really good. Yeah, yes. with her intensity and the way she was questioning Admiral April about him breaking the Prime Directive. It, it, I mean, she she nailed that part. It was just excellent. You know, I'm not sure what her name was, but kudos to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think, Shaw? Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was rather engaged through the entire thing. Um, I do like the courtroom stuff every now and then. I mean, yeah. I mean. That's yeah. I like the background on um, Una and where she's from and all that, and yeah, it was just really good. Yeah, I, I 
you guys, yeah, it, it, it's it's a classic Star Trek storytelling device with the courtroom drama. It, it's every series has had some form of it, um, sometimes multiple episodes. So yeah, uh, I, I thought it was very well done. Um, it, I, I I was a little lukewarm on it the first time I watched it, but I I enjoyed it a lot more uh, when I rewatched the show. Yeah, it definitely plays better the second time around. So at least for me, it did. Mm-hmm. Chris, any anything? Uh, any like cool canon connections that you noticed? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So they did a really good job recreating and redesigning the courtroom, the, the uniforms, the dress uniforms. Did a really nice job with that. The bell that they were using in the courtroom scene, it was the same as it was in the menagerie, in court martial, and in Space Seed. I, I don't know if it was in any other episodes, but a few of them. I don't know if you guys know, you, you probably noticed this because you seem like the big canon, uh, that the courtroom scene was also the main um, headquarters scene for Discovery. Right. They're, uh. When they're uh, all meeting to, dis- to discuss what to do with this, the new planet-destroying uh, thing that's out there, that's the same building they just redesigned redesigned it into the court into the courtroom for strange new worlds mm. ah, it's the same yeah, exact set oh, yeah seems awesome. that. Oh, okay i didn't know that that's pretty that's wow neat yeah that's kind of cool that they saved that and were able well, I mean, to that, that's kind of a star, yeah. that's a diff, that's definitely a star trek thing that they do is just taking old sets slapping a new paint of coat on them Turning a couple couple of things around to different directions and reusing the same set over and over again. Yeah. Yep. There was one other little thing that I saw in the courtroom that I thought was really cool. If you notice, there that when they're on the stand, they they have their hand on a glowing disc on their chair. That is also from the original series. They put their hand there, and the computer would read their service records, things of that nature, and would also be able to detect if they were lying or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Wow. Okay. I don't, I didn't notice that. That's mm-hmm. that, good eye, Chris. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I should expect nothing less, honestly, right? <laughs> I'm too geeky when it comes to Trek, man. <laughs> Way too geeky. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on episode two? I think it was, it was a good one. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, like I said, I, I I really came around on it the second time. So, um, all right. So we'll move on to the next episode. Um, this one's a bit of a heartbreaker, huh? Uh, so this is episode three, the episode title Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Mm. Um, wow. Lon is sent back in time to the 21st century Earth along with uh, Captain James Kirk to prevent an attack which will alter the future of humanity um some yeah some some intrigue some um like mystery solving and some romance right it, it's it's a pretty interesting a pretty solid episode i thought I um it, yeah. yeah 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 i you know you, you feel bad for laon oh after all of it but all right chris we'll start with you what what were your thoughts on this one Overall, I thought it was a pretty solid episode. I liked the whole time travel approach to it. It definitely reminded me of several other episodes from Star Trek's history. It, it, was, it shows also how La'on and, and Kirk, even though this was an alternate Kirk, that they those two are going to have some sort of chemistry together, which we end up seeing later on in the season. 
Um, I, I thought it was interesting, too, that the temporal Cold Wars were still being apparently fought because I know in four season of Enterprise, they were supposed to have been concluded at the end of Stormfront Part 2. Um, but I, I don't know. But that it, either besides that, but the episode itself was actually it was entertaining. I don't like the fact that they moved the eugenics wars up. Because now it does not, it's going to be really hard. Like if you try to put the saga, the, the series together, they're saying that it happened in what? It's going to be like, what, the 2050s now when it was supposed to be in the 1990s. But yet you're going to watch the original series and they're going to say, well, it was in the 1990s. And then in Star Trek II, you're going to have Khan himself, the augment, saying that he launched from Earth in the year 1996. So it doesn't, yeah. that, that irritates me. I don't. I think yeah. they could have easily solved that by said, you can saying, you know what, the eugenics wars happened, but they were behind the scenes, like in Greg Cox's trilogy. Right. Yeah. Right. But other I than agree. that, I, th I thought it was a good episode, though. Other than that. Yeah. Yeah, I know they've taken liberties with the canon before, but that's a pretty liberal uh, amount of <laughs> uh, liberty, right? Not a lot of liberty. That they said it's sixty years. Out. I think that's on purpose, though, that they're having plans for it, because, you know, they mentioned, because it all was started because of, um, um, Picard season three, because of that, because the time travel that happened there. So I think they have plans for that. They're going to probably do something with the eugenic wars later, because we haven't actually seen it on screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it really is. I, I'm sure, I mean, the, Akiva Goldsman seems to have a real excitement for Khan and Ian Singh and his lineage and that whole story arc. So I'm sure there'll be something down the pike. Yeah. 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 All right, Mark, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I like, again, I, like you guys said, I like the time travel. I like the fact that, you know, they didn't time travel to the same place they always do. I like the fact that, you know, instead of going to New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco, they went to Toronto mm -hmm. of all places. It was <laughs> very cool. Yes. Um, it was also kind of, I think it was also might have been like a little bit of an inside joke because it seems oh, like, for sure. like yeah, back in the day, true. anytime they wanted to stand in for New York City that wasn't as you know dirty as New York, they'd always shoot in Toronto. So that might have <laughs> just been a, a nice little in um again, being the 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 uh, the starship geek that I am, it was cool seeing the uh the bird of prey, the old uh the Romulan style bird of prey, the little picture of it. Um and the fact that you can still keep the canon that no one is actually knows what a Romulan looks like, mm -hmm. even though they've seen a Romulan because mm -hmm. she was in disguise as a human. Um, so you still have that kind of, in the, you know, uh, going on with it. But um, yeah, a, a good episode, um, you know, like the little romance between the two and the fact that, you know, even though you've had that romance, you know it's kind of that there's nothing that will ever come of that. Or it seems like it will, won't will ever come of that. So you feel sorry for Loanne. Or I can never pronounce her name. Loanne, La I think, is how they usually... La yeah, Loanne. Loanne. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, her meeting her, her ancestor or the person, you know, who will be one of her ancestors and coming face to face and knowing what he will do and what he will become. And, you know, knowing that he, ha you know, despite what he will do, he still, you know, he still has to let her let she, she still has to let him live because he, you know, that has to happen. Right. Right. Shaw. Um, yeah. 
Um, I enjoyed the episode. I mean, I'm a big fan of um time travel and alternate timelines and stuff like that. That's kind of how I got into science fiction, you know. So yeah, I mean, I liked it. It was a lot of great um character work with um Leon and all that. And it's always nice seeing um Paul Wesley as um Kurt. That's always good. And yeah, I mean, interesting seeing all the twists and turns. I'm trying to remember what the Romulan reporter lady who the actress was, because I remember like she was someone I knew from something, but I can't remember. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was good. Yeah, I I, I thought it was a good episode. Um, I like I said, you know, you 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 have everything that happens between Kirk and Laon, and then you know she can't ever tell him. Well, she's not supposed to tell him, of course, you know, anything that happened because that was never supposed to happen that, you know, that trap, that trip back in time. Um, but yeah, you just, you feel really bad for her. Um, I did like how the, was it, it was the Romulan, um, that said that there would, uh, that mentioned the temporal cold war, right? Yeah. Yes. So I thought that was a fun little nod to enterprise. Yeah. And it's not the first one of the season, the last one of the season either. That we'll find out here. Uh, I don't remember which episode the other reference was. Oh, there it's uh, coming up in uh, the crossover from Lower Decks. Oh, got it. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, they should yeah, totally I, do more with that. Yes. Right? Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> just close the door on it during Enterprise. They need to do more with that. Especially with um, all the time travel in the more recent shows, they definitely should do more of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, it was a good episode. Uh, anybody have any other thoughts about this one? Oh yeah, um, I just um looked it up. It was um Adeline Kane playing um the Romulan reporter lady. She okay. yeah she she was um in Power Rangers. She was um in Teen Wolf, and she's been in other stuff. Okay. Um, I didn't see any of those two shows that you mentioned, but. The, I'll have to look at the rest of her credits and see if I recognize her from anywhere else. Um, Chris, any any final thoughts on this one? No, I thought overall it was really solid and it was entertaining. And I, I love that, else again, the whole thing with the Lon Kirk arc, how that's going to be developing and how she actually contacted the the real Kirk at the end yeah. of the episode to start getting that together. That was, it, was, mm-hmm. it, was, it was solid, definitely. Yeah. All right, let's move on to episode four, and that is Among the Lotus Eaters. Um, so this is the one where the Enterprise crew returns. Uh, they go to a planet that dredges up tragic memories. Uh, Pike and the landing party find themselves forgetting everything, including their own identities, as he confronts a ghost from his past. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... Mark, why don't you kick this one off? I really enjoyed this one. I, I like the callback to the cage. Um, I like that. I like the just bringing back, you know, a, a planet that was been mentioned in the original series, and then, like I said, the cage, uh, mm-hmm. bringing it to life. Um, I, it was just a really good, good episode. Um, and I think it really stretched the acting ability, the uh, the ability of the actors, um, quite a bit. Yeah, it's, it's always fun when when the actors get to play uh, different versions of their characters or just play completely off type. 
uh, yeah. because of some crazy uh, atmospheric disturbance or um, subspace wave. You know, it, it's always fun to see episodes like this. Now, one thing I was kind of disapp- disappointed in is I know that I cannot think of the character's name. I know I should hand in my my trek card. Uh, the pilot, Ortegas. Ortegas. I know that we were told or promised an Ortegas episode, and this seemed like it was going to be the Ortegas episode this episode, but all we got was, my name is Ortegas, and I fly the ship. So I was a little disappointed that we didn't get an episode this season that focused on Ortegas. I was Mm -hmm. hoping for it and a little Mm -hmm. disappointed, but I still liked her arc, uh, a little bit of her arc in this this series. Mm -hmm. Um, And... You know, just seeing 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 the crew kind of out of their element and trying to figure out what is going on and how to fix this. All right, uh, we're just going to go in order. Shaw, why don't you give me your your thoughts? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, got a little bit of focus on Otegas, not a lot. Um, one of those um science fiction things of changing, just altering things a little bit, but keeping the main characters to like. Do the ton of things or having them forget who they were, but still being who they are. That I really liked. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just, just really good. It was a mystery of why and how and who and all that. And yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what were your thoughts, man? I really enjoyed this one. It actually felt like an, a, a TOS episode, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Classic yeah. one where you had the captain and some of the landing party on the planet while the Enterprise is off trying to deal with something else in space. You know, it, that that was a nice little t- nod to that. Yeah. Um, I also love that they actually developed the Kalar because all in, in the cage, they were just, just a just bunch of brutes is really all they were. Now we get to see what's going on about the, the kind of caste system that's going on, where you got the mm-hmm. ones who are the workers out, out in the community and they're allowed to be able to forget their memories and who they are. But the people inside the castle, they get to keep theirs and they have, yeah. the, you know, they're protected by that, whatever ore is in, in the palace. You know, so that that was really interesting. It kind of reminded me of the kind of the cast system that went on in an episode of the original series called The Cloudminders, where you had the uh, Stratos silly city dwellers up in in their in Stratos, the city, but they have the trog lights down down below in in these mines that are full of gas that are causing their uh, intelligence to be slowed down and minimized. And by the end of the episode, they kind of come together. And that's kind of what Pike kind of did in this episode as well, when he had that asteroid removed. So that way there was no more contamination from the asteroid for the, for the people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, uh, the writers obviously know exactly what they're doing when they, you know, when they make callbacks like this, you know, they they write an original episode with plenty, with callbacks to, Mm -hmm. you know, so much from Trek history. And and, and it's, you know, if, if you have been a fan for, for, uh, you know, years and years and you've seen everything, you really appreciate those little nods and those little references. Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic episode. Um, I I love how we're getting, you know, uh, so much more, you know, incredible content for Captain Pike, who never, ever got his, his, you know, run until Strange New Worlds. You know, he never got to live on, you know, because of the, uh, the, you know, the pilot or the show went a different direction. All right. Um, 
this, the next one, it was a fun episode. Um, <laughs> uh, so a shuttle accident leads to Spock's Vulcan DNA completely being removed from him by aliens because they thought they were fixing him. Uh, making um, So it made him fully human and completely unprepared to... Uh, have the ceremony where he, he uh, with to praying and her family. Um, <laughs> hilarity ensues yeah. while <laughs> while the the crew tries to help Spock, um, you know, be Vulcan. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll start with Chris. Um, this, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Oh really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So as a, as a standalone episode of Strange New Worlds, I thought it was really interesting. We got to kind of see more of the the Vulcan marriage rituals that come to play. Um, I like the fact that we saw Chapel starting to prep for her two month fellowship with the through the Vulcan Science Academy, um, and more foreshadowing of what's coming. It was great seeing Ethan Peck being able to kind of just play a human and be himself. And and then he had to have the human characters actually trying to teach him how to be Vulcan again oh. <laughs> to try to hide the fact that he has what, what the, the mother-in-law would think is some sort of deformity or, yeah you know, something like that. Um, so yeah, over, and I also love the part with, uh, with Amanda kind of talking about her memory of Spock and how she saw him actually being accepted by his peers because for a long period of time that didn't happen. And she, apparently she picked that memory because she remembered what it felt like being kind of shunned by the Vulcan mothers because she was human. So that was, that was really cool. The only thing that really about this whole to bring arc is again, with the whole Canon thing. So from when I watched a mock time in the original series, it was pretty established that Spock and T'Pring hadn't really seen each other since they were children. And even when T'Pring comes on the view screen it, it, near the end of the episode, Ahura even asks Spock, who is she? She's lovely, but who is she? You know, so I watched that and now and, and the Vulcan mating rituals were very secretive. Nobody talked about that. But in Strange New World, Spock's flaunting to pring around like, you know, <laughs> nobody's <laughs> business. This is like, this is my girlfriend, everybody. I'm marrying this girl. You know, it's she's yeah. it's it's not secretive. And so that kind of pulls me out of the story a little bit. So maybe that's like the downside of me watch, having so much experience with the with the saga, because I'm seeing those little discrepancies and it kind of pulls me out of stuff. Um, but as an episode itself in Strange New Worlds, I thought it was great. It, it fit everything that's been going on since the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a feeling you were going to um, bring that up as far as, you know, as, um, you know, because, yeah, they they weren't they did not see each other since they were children. It was, it's, it was an arranged marriage from the start. Yes. And yeah, it's um, I'm, I'm interested to see where they're going to take it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, um, I will, I will never say no to, uh, 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 you know, seeing more of Amanda Grayson. I love mm -hmm. um, Mia Kirshner's portrayal of the character. Yeah. Uh, she's a phenomenal actress, and she just she brings so much to the role of Amanda Grayson, so much more than we've ever seen mm -hmm. in, in past iterations. Yes. Um, well, yeah, because she uh, she was last in Discovery whenever we meet Ethan Peck's Spock for the first time, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time she was in Strange New Worlds, correct? I believe so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I got it 
straight. I wanted I wanted to make sure I didn't miss her anywhere else. Um, yeah, yeah, I th- I love her portrayal. That's that's one of the things uh, from Discovery I, I truly enjoy. Shaw, uh, what were your thoughts? Well, speaking of Amanda, actually, like this is the first time I actually liked the character. Like I've never really cared much about the character prior, not to like hear or anything, just to never like given much thought to her, but, like, I sh- this made me actually like the character. I mean, it was one of those nice hijinks type of thing where characters are swapping lines and all that, and, yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, Mark, your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I love this episode. Uh, like, like, like Chris said, as a standalone episode, it was really good. I thought this felt like the one of the most TOS episodes of the season. Like, just the whole, the way it was set up, the humor of it, the way the humor was kind of uh, bounced over more serious topics. Um, my favorite scene was Kirk uh, having to be held back, yelling at yelling at uh, George Kirk, uh, saying, "I'll break you, Kirk." Uh, <laughs> that made me. That literally made me. If I'd have been drinking something, I would have done a spit take there. That made me literally laugh out loud. Um, it was just a fun episode, and that's one thing I like about you. You've had a couple of very serious episodes back to back, three very serious episodes. And you have this mm-hmm. kind of, let's just kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Let's kind of, you know, you know, get, bring a little levity to it, uh, to the show. So it was really good. Again, like you said, Ethan, seeing Ethan Peck being able to really flaunt, you know, expand his you know horizons and be himself. Um, I loved uh, the dad. That was the most, the most emotional Vulcan I've ever seen. I'm sorry, but like the whole, the whole thing where they're, um, um, Pike is making the dishes and, and he's saying, it's like, Oh, this is delicious. And the mom says, it's not traditional. Oh yes. I noticed that it is, it is not traditional. Hmm, I did not notice <laughs> that before. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just how impact he is and just, yeah, it was just great. I loved uh the acting was superb in it. Um I hated the mom, uh Capring's mom, which I know you're supposed to do that, so yeah. It was really, really good. I really really this is this was uh one of my favorite episodes of the season. Not my favorite, but one of my favorites of the season. Could could you imagine having that woman as your mother in law? Oh, yeah. oh heck no. <laughs> no. Oh no, no. Heck no. Oh, they ended up not getting married, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they, I believe it didn't Spock and Chapel end up getting together at the end of this episode. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, that's a whole other other canon thing. We won't, I won't get into that spiel, but yeah, <laughs> I think you and I talked about that a little bit at Steel City Con with that one vendor, didn't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, they always had a thing in TOS, like. There's always sort of a a tension between them. Yeah, there was. So the way I always took it was, is that Chapel had a major crush on Spock from afar, and he was completely oblivious to it. Mm. Um, There was even kind of in a line about in Plato's stepchildren in the third season about how she kind of always wanted, she always cared about Spock and wanted to show that to him, and I guess it wasn't possible. So yeah, yeah, that that's about it. But I mean. They, Ethan Peck and what's her name, Jess Bush? They have mm-hmm. chemistry yeah. together. There's no denying it. Oh yeah, in the show they fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did uh, did the internet give them a couple name? 
not yet. I don't think they have. Right. A, I don't think they have a ship name yet. I'm surprised. That's a good good point. <laughs> the internet is usually on it before it even happens. Mm-hmm. Spock Chapel, maybe. Spockle. Spock. Spockle. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> sounds like something I put on the wall. Uh, or chalk. Yeah. <laughs> chalk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. Chalk is probably better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easier to remember. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Spockle. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we'll we'll move on on that note. Um, so the official ship title is is uh, Chalk. All right. Sounds good. You heard it here first. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Episode six is called Lost in Translation. Uh, Uhura seems to be the only one who can hear a strange sound that seems to trigger some terrifying hallucinations among the crew. So who wants to kick this one off? Good, good horror Star Trek. Yes, yes. I think possibly the most horrific episode since uh, that early one in Discovery with um, the Tardigrade, like making yeah. bloody mess of everybody. Yeah, that was. I, although, although I will say the um, the uh, the episode last season with the Gorn was pretty terrifying too. True, and this season's uh, finale is pretty intense as well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this one was more like just the psychological terror of it. Right, right. It a little less. So, yeah, yeah. It was. It was a good, and it's always you know good seeing uh, an horror centric episode like this. Uh, oh, letting her yeah. shine. Um, I like this actress's. Uh, I cannot remember her name, but her take on Ohura. Celia Rose Gooding. Yeah. Um, I like her her take on on Ohura and I mean huge huge uh, shoes to fill. I mean, uh, yeah yeah, taking over from a led like a TV legend um, is just I couldn't imagine filling those shoes like that. Right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. That I mean, imagine being cast in that role. Like you are the second actress to play this character, uh, and, and the, well, the, the third. Third, yeah. Third. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot the the so, Kelvin movies. I'm yeah. I'm not even uh, in, in Trek TV. Okay. The yeah, second actress to yeah. play her in Trek TV. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's and to, yeah, and to fill those shoes. Um, whew, yeah. <laughs> um, it, she's she's doing a phenomenal job. Um, Shaw, what are you, what are your thoughts? Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was an interesting mystery, and I personally like mysteries, and a lot of character work for Uhura, and yeah, the actors did a very well job, and yeah, it was just a good episode. Yeah, and to think a few episodes later, we'd get, um, you know, so the, we'd, we'd get to, you know, we'll get to see the musical talent of, mm-hmm. of Uhura, um, which was always, you know, I, uh... a big part of canon as well. Which we knew about because season one of, of of Strange New Worlds, they did have an episode of her showing off some music stuff. That's true. That's true. Thing. Yeah, but Uhura was always, you know, yeah. she was you know, constantly uh, featured playing music or singing on the original series. So mm-hmm. it's it's good to see that tradition continue. I did, I did like that they quickly, you know, put you know what would become the the relationship between uh, J- Jim Kirk and Uhura 
right off the bat when he, you know, she pretty much shut him down. Like, Hey, I'm not, you know, into what you're, but you're putting out. And so they kind of get that, like you get that dynamic pretty soon that they respect each other. It's definitely a, you know, there's a friendship, but there's definitely a professional relationship there. There's nothing that they didn't try to force some, some sort of romantic or some sort of tryst between the two. I like that. They kind of kept that like, all right, these two are, yes, Kirk has a reputation, but he's also an officer in Starfleet. And there's, you know, that they, that they didn't go down that road because they could have easily done that. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their, their relationship is strictly business. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's still a friendship there and there's still a, a camaraderie there that you will, that you, I think you can see starting to build. Uh, expect you know, which will lead to the original se- their relationship in the original series, but there's definitely that respect aspect there. Yeah, um, I mean, Kirk is not typically someone who is said no to, so I think that immediately earned his respect. I love, and I love the fact that even though you know this was a definitely a a Kirk or not a Kirk, but a Ahura uh, centric episode, I like seeing mm-hmm. the relationship between George and Jim. The two Kirk, the two Kirk brothers, yeah. and that sort of, you know, you get Kirk as the golden child, the you know fast track to you know youngest first officer in the history of Starfleet. As we know, he'll become the youngest captain in the history of Starfleet, uh, and George is kind of happy where he's at, and you know Jim not being able to kind of understand like how can you not have any desire to want to you know, get to the rank and be a captain or whatever. And that kind of, I like that kind of uh, um, relationship and th- that kind of tension between those two. The you know, actual armed forces in the United States, you know, you have, um, you have servicemen who, who, and women who never have aspirations to, you know, be higher ranking, like, you know, generals and, and such they just want to um do the job that they you know that they enjoy doing and not get into the the politics of leadership in, yeah. the, in the military so um yeah it, it very much parallels our world definitely all right chris I'm, I'm curious to hear what you had to have to say about uh this uhura centric episode. This was a really good episode, and we finally, for the first time, got some true backstory about Uhura. She was she never really got expanded on in any of the original series or in the movies. I mean, we actually find out what happened to her parents and that she had a brother and that the three of them died in a shuttle accident, and that she wasn't there and she never actually got to see the wreckage of what happened, but she had created mm-hmm. a memory in her own brain of what had actually happened. So, I mean, just that nice little nugget there is is something new and and refreshing to hear about the character. Also, it really, it it was definitely a very Star Trek-themed episode where you have this base where they're trying to refine deuterium and it turns out that they're actually killing or seriously harming another race that they didn't know about. And even Pike makes a comment about that, about how the station is meant to be mining this for this deuterium so they could go out and explore space and hear what they're doing is they're actually destroying new life that yeah. they're finding. You know, I thought that was really, mm-hmm. that was really powerful. And it went, harkens back to some other 
episodes throughout the saga, like the first season of Next Generation Home Soil and the fourth season of Next Generation Galaxy's Child, where they yeah. were destroying life or they actually killed a space creature by accident. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was really good. Uh, we got to see Pike become fleet captain for a tiny little bit, which tied in nicely to the menagerie because that's when Kirk said he met Pike for the first time. So they actually brought that into play. We got to hear a little bit more about their father and how he was actually became first officer on the USS Kelvin. Um, the only thing I didn't really like about it is I thought that there would be more. To, they, they hyped up the, the meeting of Uhura introducing Kirk to Spock. But it kind of just like happened last second at the very end of the episode and didn't really get much beyond a handshake, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I thought they could have built on that a little bit more. It had a nice big scene, but it just wasn't meant to be, I guess. But overall, I thought it was a really interesting episode. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, really fantastic episode. And I mean, thinking back to what the first season of TOS uh, the first episode where, you know, um, a, a, an alien race was being harmed uh, or, or, you know, perceived harm. You, you had the devil in the dark where, you know, you had the uh, the mining colony that were being attacked by that. The um, the creature who is what just trying to protect her yeah. kids. That's right. right? The Horta. Yes, the Horta. The Horta. Yes. Yes. I couldn't remember the, the creature's name, but yes, um, that it's a classic Trek uh storytelling you know yes, um episode so yeah it, it's this one ranks up there with with the best of them i think mm -hmm. yeah all right any any final thoughts on this one before we move on no, no i can't think of anything okay Shaw, anything all good all good all right all right um i i think this is one that we are all looking forward to talking uh, a lot about um and that's uh episode seven is those old scientists otherwise known as the lower decks crossover episode yes. um <laughs> <TOS>. uh. <laughs> yes tos perfect it, yeah. I, I didn't even notice that wow yeah, okay they even make, a, they even make a, a, a joke about that it's like what what do you keep calling it tos okay. <laughs> yes oh yeah it's those old scientists <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think that I, I, I must have missed that one um, uh, so an accident while investigating a time portal sends Beckett Mariner and Brad Boimler through uh, a, a time portal to uh, from the 24th century to the 22nd century where Captain Pike and the crew must try to get them back into their own time before they completely and utterly destroy the, uh, the, the strange new world's timeline. So um, yeah, this one was this played like the perfect, uh, you know, uh, mashup of lower decks and strange new worlds. And uh, it played into the strengths of both shows phenomenally. Um just uh, I, I my, my personally i enjoyed you know just all of the um the you know all the the, the comments that you know, pike and crew made about the way that uh boimler and uh, mariner talk to each other and just that they're 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 the way that they speak and they speak in references and right and it was just yeah <laughs> just just that dynamic you know some finding a way to 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 you know point out what is clearly, you know, a, a, a classic style of anime, the comedy, um, you know, a very frenetic way of speaking and kind of a language all its own. Chris, 
let's uh, let's hear what you had to say. All right. This was a really fun episode. I was a little nervous about if they were going to be able to pull it off, but Jack Quaid and um, the lady who plays Mariner, I can't remember her name. Oh, Tawny, Tawny Newsom. Newsom. That's it. Tawny Newsom. I think they nailed their their roles. Uh, in, in in live action, they, I mean, it was it, it really felt like they were coming out of the cartoon, and and you could see how much fun they were having during the entire episode, just oh, making yes. it. They, they had a blast. Um, I love the fact that they had the portal and how they tied it in with the Orions. It was nice to see the Orions doing something different besides just being slaves and you know bullies in the galaxy. So mm-hmm. th- that was fun. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I at some one point I finally wanted to like punch Boimler in the face. <laughs> because he kept saying yeah. he kept saying, I don't want to screw up the timeline. I don't want to screw up the timeline, but he's acting like a fool and can't control himself. You would, and I was kind of saying to myself, Laon, will you please just take that guy and just lock him in his quarter somewhere? You know, if he's, <laughs> he's clearly not stable enough with it because he keeps talking about it. You know? Yeah. But uh so that that I mean it wasn't it was good for the episode, but it was like driving me crazy. <laughs> You know, it's just it's just incredible how Jack Quaid just was able to embody Boimler because uh, it's it's a lot different, you know, trying to portray an animated character and and the mannerisms that an animated character can, uh, you know, because the medium of animation can do so much more. Um, it's it, yeah, it was interesting to see him personify Boimler so perfectly. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And, then, right. and of course, getting them to, to, you know, we all have our celebrity crushes or our celebrity interests and to meet, you know, for them to meet theirs, that that's a pretty powerful thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I thought that that was really, that was good as well. I'm trying to think of what else, if there was anything else about the episode. What? I love how Boomer thought he broke Spock. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and this was the episode where a big thing of Enterprise was, was, was brought up. So apparently it became a Starfleet tradition that each subsequent ship with a certain name had a little piece of material from the original ship actually in, put into theirs. And that's actually how they were re- able to reactivate the portal and send Boimler and Mariner back to the 24th century. They had a piece of whatever it was from a- NX-01 Enterprise. And mm-hmm. they were talking a lot about Captain Archer. And we learned that how much uh, Hoshi was admired by Uhura. And it, it, it was so nice to finally see Enterprise getting a little bit of respect yeah. that it never got. Right? You know, it, right. it's like it's about time here. That's right. Yeah, you know, so mm-hmm. that was that was wonderful. I just I thought it was a good episode. They really they managed to do it really well. Two thumbs up, definitely. All right, Shaw, let's let's hear from you, man. I really really liked it. I mean, speaking of Jack Quaid, since this episode was directed by um Jonathan Franks, that scene where he sits on the um the saddle and goes Riker, that was um he made that on the spot, which is really cool. <laughs> Yes, that was a great line. Like this, this is the one episode this season I actually saw twice. But actually, we watched it. Like it, it was so that it was just that good. I mean, I only have some information. I only seen a couple of episodes of of, of Lower Decks, so I have a little bit of knowledge of the characters. But yeah, it was it was just really good, really funny, and yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah, this one was a lot of fun. I I didn't get a chance to revisit this one um, before the show, but it's um, I, I think I'm going to jump around uh, a little bit and, and watch the final four episodes before I go back and watch uh, rewatch episodes four and five. I think that's uh, or four, five, and six rather. Um, I just want to see how you know because 
you had some tonal shifts in between every episode. You know, you had your 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 comedic episode, your crossover episode, then you had a serious episode, then you have the 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 musical episode, and then you have another very serious, very uh, high stakes episode. I I, I want to see how those four you know play together uh, back to back to back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, Mark, uh, you were the last one this round to give us your thoughts. So, what do you think? Well, first of all, uh, I adore Lower Decks. Um, just adore like this is part of the new tra- of the new Star Trek stuff that's come out. Lower, um, Stranger Worlds is probably my favorite, but I adore Lower Decks. I think it's so great. So, seeing these characters in live in live action was great. Um, Hearing the Boimler scream um, when they're uh, him and Spock are trying to um, saying that in live action was was great. My wife wasn't didn't uh, I watched this with my wife, um, and I think you know Lower Decks is definitely one of those shows that you have to have a certain sense of humor to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't get that sense of humor, then you're just going to be like, oh, this. And you know, she thought it was kind of silly and kind of stupid, but I loved it. Um, anytime you see Spock smile, it's somewhat disconcerting. It's not supposed to happen. <laughs> the fact that you see him smile more than once. Um, and I thought it was also, you know, neat. The, um, the fact that, you know, Una was the reason that he got into Starfleet. You know, seeing yeah. the 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 poster of 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 her, uh, the Starfleet recruitment that she would become the face of Starfleet recruitment. I thought that was kind of cool too. So overall, I I love this episode. Um, yeah, especially given you know what happened to what almost happened to her at the start of the season. Yes, I know exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was yeah, it was a nice payoff. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Any any final thoughts on this one? Nope. All good. Okay. Okay. All right. So we are moving on to episode eight, Under the Cloak of War. Uh, Pike and the crew welcome uh, aboard a Klingon defector to the Enterprise, but uh, his presence on the ship triggers the, re- the revelation of some very shocking secrets and, uh, in, in, you know, for uh, Nurse Chapel and Dr. Mbenga. So um, this one was a, a, a very heavy, it's a very tense episode uh, from from the start. Uh, and, you know, of course, you know, this is uh, one of the payoff moments from the, the season premiere. You know, we, we get a little tease of that in episode one. And now here we are front and center with that conflict. And, and yeah. uh, um, so, Mark, hmm. what were your thoughts on this one? I thought this was a really, really good episode. Um... I like the fact that, you know, as the show goes on, there's, you know, not a lot of really cut. It's a very, like, in a lot of ways, it was a very gray episode when it came to who the good guys were, who the bad guys were, what everyone's motivations were, um, you know, and, you know, seeing the backstory, you know, the backstory of Mbenga, um, finding out that he was basically special forces, uh, right, kind of cool. Yeah, it was just kind of cool, and then seeing you know, you know, and seeing the the, the difference between those who were in the war. Because if you remember from Discovery season two, they make it very clear the Enterprise was not involved in the Klingon War. Mm-hmm. 
it was out somewhere else. So seeing those members of the crew who were involved in the war and how they react to seeing this Klingon general who had this right. reputation on the ship um, compared to those who weren't, um, you know, uh, the acting was just, I mean, you know, Mbenga, you know, basically just almost breaking the table, uh, squeezing, squeezing that, that chair, that table so hard, so hard that you thought it was going to break. And then him going into his, you know, his office and just losing it. I thought right? it was just so powerful. Yeah, you you don't typically see that level of um you know performance from him. He's so he's normally so even keeled and, yeah. and this yeah. was yeah, it was it was good to see him so show so much emotion. Yeah. Yeah, that was really really good. And you know, the fact that you have this you know, this whole idea, you know, you can get in the debate between, you know, um uh what's his um Roddenberry's view of humanity, what humanity would be, and you know, more realistic, where you know, humans by this point were supposed to to evolve to you know get you know get petty, but to see them, you know, have that level of hate, like you can tell, Umbenga at some in some way hates the Klingons because of what they did, um, and him trying to overcome, you know, come to terms with that and. What does that mean? And in many ways, he doesn't. I mean, he you know he kills the the general, mm-hmm. um, and that was one thing that confused me because was that self defense or how did that work? Because it was not really, ambiguous. Yes, really, I thought it was left very very ambiguous as to what happened. You know, so but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's um. Yeah, it was definitely it was nice to have um a, a very light episode previously to prepare for this one because yeah, it was it it definitely you needed that you needed something you needed the levity of of those old scientists to you know to um to really really uh, prepare you for this one because yeah. this one took a lot. I ha- I'm 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 yeah, I, I I liked it, but it's it's definitely not something that you can watch over and over again. Yeah, yeah. All right, Shaw, what what did you think of this one? Um, I liked it. I think that they could have done a little bit more with it with like Ortega and her stuff, but all in all, it was good. I mean, I do like um that they left the ending ambiguous, whether he killed them on purpose or not, or whether it was true or not, because I mean. You could you could see either way where it could have been just a mistake, or he did have that knife out. I mean, it could have been premeditative, and you probably wouldn't, you probably couldn't blame him for that. So, and you know, so yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. It was really good. I like it, nice little ambiguous. And yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, Chris, why don't you tell us your thoughts on this one? I thought it was it was a pretty decent episode. It was interesting to learn more about okay. Chapel and Mabenga about how they, what they had gone through during the Klingon War. Um, I also thought it was interesting that this ambassador was actually taking credit for the Klingon soldiers. I believe it was Mabenga who actually ended up killing them, but he yeah. was is well known for killing his own 
his own brutality kind of led to him killing off his own troops. And that ended up not being true. Um, I agree that we could have gotten more about Ortegas's background. Um, I think really overall this season, she's been severely underused beyond just saying I'm the, I fly the ship and I'm good at it basically, you know, so I I wish they would have done more there. Um, I also like the ending of it being ambiguous as well. That also is not the first time they did that in Star Trek. In uh, third, right. third season, Next Generation, the most toys. After uh, Kivas Vajo, he kills his uh, like his female lieutenant. And when they're beaming data back to the Enterprise, there's a, a weapons discharge. But when he comes on board the ship, Riker asks him about it. And data kind of leaves it as, you know, did I or didn't I kind of kind of situation. That may have, might have just been an error that was going on, but it was left ambiguous for all of us to kind of figure out, did he actually do it? You know, so I thought overall it was a pretty good episode. Definitely a lot darker than the previous episode and then what we're going back into coming up in the next one. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mark, were you going to say something? Oh, no, no. I was just oh, okay. kind of agreeing with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, very, very powerful episode. Um and yeah, I, I echo everything about it being ambiguous because it, it, it gives it gives us something to debate, something to talk about. Um, you know, was it was it done? You know, and everybody's going to you know, that watching is going to have an opinion, you know, whether it was done uh, with malice, with intent or truly accidental. Uh, yeah, good episode. Um, I want to watch it again to see what, uh, you know, see if I can pick up on anything else that I missed the first time. Um, I, uh, yeah, let's move on to episode uh, nine, <laughs> Subspace Rhapsody, the um, the long-promised uh, musical episode of Strange New Worlds, um, <laughs> an accident with a an experimental quantum probability field causes everyone on the Enterprise to uh, break uncontrollably into song and share their innermost thoughts and feelings. Um, but uh, it, it uh, is unfortunately the field is expanding and uh, it's a race against time uh, to basically prevent another potential war and, and well, just far reaching damage of this, uh, this field. And yeah, it's, I was interested to see how they were going to explain this in, in, uh, in Trek terms. And I mean, you had to figure it was going to be some sort of anomaly. I I mean, what else would it be? But uh, I thought it was clever. Um, And then of course, you know, uh, the eventual solution is um, uncovered by Uhura. Um, And, you know, and and yet another classic, uh, uh, you know, another, yet another character building uh, episode for Uhura. Chris, why don't you start us off here? All right. When I first heard this episode being announced, I was like, oh no, this is going to be the low moment of all Star Trek, and it's going to be the jump the shark moment for Strange New Worlds. I was very, very impressed with the episode overall. I was afraid that they were just going to sing through the whole episode, no reason, no explanation, but they actually, you can tell the writers really sat down and came up with something that made it plausible, something that made sense and was Star Trek, you know, in nature. And I thought it was excellent, the, the way it all played out, the way how they all figured out what they needed to do to actually, you know, overcome this situation. And the reality was they didn't want to sing. <laughs> the ironic part, we all <laughs> wanted them to sing and, and have fun. But as the characters themselves, they were they were like, we don't want to do this. We don't want to share our feelings like this. I mean, heck, you think Pike wanted to actually 
fight with his girlfriend on the bridge in front of everybody yeah. in the song? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a little embarrassing. <laughs> you know, but I think they did a really good job with it. The songs that they developed for it were really a lot of fun. Um, I actually had it playing for my clients in my office at my private practice. Watch so, and they actually were getting into it. They were actually coming on. And they were watching it. They're like, "Oh, this is really interesting." You know, so it, it it was a lot. It was good. It was interesting. Um, trying to think what else. Yeah, I think that's about it. I felt bad for Spock. I mean, he was like publicly <laughs> dumped in front of everybody in song, and she seemed to be relishing it. I'm dumping you. I'm going on this archaeological thing. You know, <laughs> it <was> like <laughs> you know, poor, poor Spock. Spock. But yeah, I mean, it, it it was a lot of fun. It really was. All right, um, Chris, your favorite song from the soundtrack? Oh boy, uh, I would say it was probably the one that the very first song. I can't remember the name, but the first song that they started singing. Why are we singing? Is is that yes? That's it. Yeah. Yes. Is that really what <laughs> yes. it's called? <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Why are we singing? Oh well, that makes it nice and easy. Uh, yeah, that was that one was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Shaw, your thoughts on this one? Um, I really liked it. I mean, I was when they announced that was happening, I was optimistic about it since we know that a Hurok sing, um, the actress that plays Leon has a um has a music career currently. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember something about Amson Mance, the actor that plays Pike, doing something musical. So I was, you know, looking forward to it. Um, it was a pretty good episode. I mean. The music wasn't anything I would save on a playlist, but it wasn't anything I would actually skip. So, I mean, there's, there are some musical episodes of shows that definitely have songs that are skippable. And you have the, the story continuing for each character and stuff. Stuff with Leon and, um, and Kurt was really good. And yeah, all in all, just a, a really good episode. All right. Did you have any songs that stood out to you or were your favorite? Um,. Nothing I can remember off the top of my head, but I mean, like, like I said, there's nothing that's skippable. They're all things you listen to, but nothing's skippable. All right. All right. Um, Mark, uh, I'm curious here on, on your thoughts on this one. Uh, well, I, like Chris, was very apprehensive, but I was very pleasantly surprised uh, about this episode. I thought it was fun. Uh, it definitely had definitely feelings of once more with feeling. If anybody was watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. um, I definitely could see the, the 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 thing there again. Like Chris said, I like the fact that they weren't just singing because they were singing. Uh, that there was a yeah. reason behind it. That they tied it into the story, um, and you know gave them a reason to. And the fact that they 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 publicly went out like and said this is not this is not normal we should not be doing this yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yes um and i'm gonna preempt you with your question my favorite song uh Klingon k-pop I, <laughs> I love it. I, uh, and in hearing the story behind it and uh i was watching a thing where they were talking with the director uh the guy who directed this episode and he said the same thing that you said chris that is this to jump the shark moment? Uh-huh. And, you know, he said with anytime you're doing comedy like this and you have a bit that's so over the top, you have to commit. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at the script and you'd say Klingons are going to start doing a boy band bit. You're just like, okay, just go, let's go full bore. We have mm-hmm. to commit to it. We have to commit to the bit and, uh-huh. and paid off in dividends in my, in my, and the fact that you have the, 
the flashing lights going on with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just oh, that was yes. Um, and just you just, just, knew, you just and, knew that some people weren't pissed off about that. Oh yeah, yeah, and because you know Klingons have do have a musical tradition, you know Klingon opera. And you know, maybe in the back of your mind, you're expecting like when mm-hmm. they sing, sure. they sing an opera, and then they go, "Nope, they're going full boy band. <laughs> they're going full boy band." It was great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> Chris, I kind of it sounded like you were grumbling a little bit, like you didn't like uh, K-pop. The K-pop part was was my cringe moment of the episode. <laughs> and I, we talked about that at Steel City Con. Yeah, I think they could have gone the Klingon opera route, created something unique. But I also, logically, I guess it would make sense that they were singing some sort of human kind of music because the signal that Uhura sent into the anomaly was actually human in nature. So that would make yeah. sense that it would kind of go on that way with them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I like what you're saying, Mark, about committing to the bit. I mean, yeah, yeah those, those Klingons had to be, you know, those actors had to be on board with it. I mean, why not? It, it's something so completely off the wall. Um, and <laughs> It, it was it was expected but unexpected if that makes sense like yeah. um it was just it just yeah if you're gonna get Klingons to sing in a musical episode yeah why not why not make a K-pop um <laughs> literally K-pop Klingon pop yeah yeah yeah, yeah I love I mean I personally I love this episode um fun. yeah it, it's it's I um. I have listened to the soundtrack quite a bit from start to finish. I, I, it's, I've listened to it an embarrassing number of times. Um, I may have been solely responsible for getting it to the top of the streaming charts. I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) which it did do for a while. It, it, it made it to the top, the top of the streaming charts on Apple music and Spotify. I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, and who'd have thought? Uh, and yes, um, Mark, very much um, once more with feeling vibes. Um, yeah. And and I think the inspiration was clear from the start. Oh, you know, that the writers and the so- you know the songwriters and the writers of the episode definitely had that that one in mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, uh, my favorite song. I really really enjoyed. I'm the ex, uh, Ethan Peck and Spock song. I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was a wonderful, like it, 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 the song had double meaning, right? He's the ex boyfriend and the ex in the, uh, in the equation. Um, <laughs> uh, very clever and, and, um, you know, very clever in the writing, very clever in, uh, the structure and it, it fits Spock so well because, what's more logical than algebra, right? Right. <laughs> so that was my favorite song. And, and I mean, I guess honorable mention was definitely, it was uh, Keep Us Connected, which was a horror song. Mm-hmm. I really like that one as well. Um, and then of course, you know, she gets, you know, she's the one that uh, divide, you know, is able to divide the, the solution that will break the subspace or the, uh, the field. Um Basically, by getting everybody to sing in unison, mm-hmm. <laughs> as uh, you know, as the um, as the ensemble closing number for the for the musical, it's uh, it made this nerd heart uh, this it made this Broadway nerd's heart happy. Mm-hmm. Let me say, <laughs> let me just say that. Yeah, I I still think that once more with feeling is the the superior musical episode, but this is close. Mm. Anybody else who's seen both Buffy and this want to weigh in on what 
is the better episode? Oh, Buffy, definitely. Okay. Okay. Uh, every um episode, Buffy's probably the best. It beats um the Arrowverse um Supergirl crossover. It beat that one definitely. They have a couple of little ones, bad ones. Um all the Angel um not Angel, all the um Zeno and Hercules ones are never really that good. Um trying to think of more but i can't remember more crossovers more um yeah episodes yeah i i can't think of too many major ones um it's it's always a gamble when they do one and doesn't always pay off mm-hmm. all right chris uh did you were you a buffy watcher i can't remember i never watched bu- a single episode of buffy <laughs> okay <laughs> okay I'll take a one for which one's better. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. And Mark, I think you're the last one to to weigh in on this one. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean I watched Buffy, but I wasn't like a religious viewer of it. But I definitely think what's more with feeling was was better. Yeah, yeah, kind of the uh, the originator of the the entire conceit of a musical episode, and still the best. Yeah. All right. Uh, I had a feeling we were all going to agree on that, but it was for me. It was it was close for a while. Um, whether I was going to give Strange New Worlds the edge, if I'm being perfectly honest. So, um, but no, no, Buffy is better. I went back and watched it, and it just it it just feels it just feels better executed. You know, the songs are better. Um, yeah, yeah. I was wondering if I was going to go the other way or not, but. No, no, still Buffy. All right. Um, any final thoughts on on subspace rhapsody, gents? I got two. I got two real quick things. I'm yeah. glad that they were able to find an actress to play Uhura who could actually sing. Could you imagine if in this episode we had Uhura supposed to try to sound like Michelle Nichols but had the voice of Roseanne instead? You know, so I think it's <laughs> nice that you know that was a nice bonus thing. We got the the good actress and the good singer in one package. Yeah. The other thing is is there. This is amazing that people were debating this, but one part of the episode was where uh, where uh, Kirk said that Carol was pregnant with his baby. There is a big debate going on on Facebook in the Strange New Worlds fan pages if that that he was, should have known she was pregnant or not. But if you watch Star Trek Two, he David or Kirk did know about about david he even says i did what you wanted i stayed away why didn't you tell him but everybody seems to a lot of other people seem to think that he never knew and he was just shocked to find out no he knew but i'm just i was surprised how much debate that that was causing online in the fandom Mm. well to be fair the movie was a long time ago and some people probably haven't seen it for a long time oh sure Mm -hmm. so yeah 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 i i um i don't think i ever had that question in my mind uh she didn't pull a beverly right yeah she did not pull a beverly correct that's true (laughs) um yeah that was an that that was a questionable decision but it made i guess from her perspective it made sense i mean i was afraid of your dangerous lifestyle how many lives did starfleet destroy that were important to crusher right yep you have to understand why where she was coming from with Absolutely. that. Um, yeah. So, all right. Uh, anybody else have any final thoughts before we do before we discuss the season finale? Uh, okay. I don't have anything. All good. Okay. All right. Um, the season finale, episode ten, hegemony. Uh, 
the Enterprise investigates an attack on a colony at the edge of Federation space. They uh, face the return of a formidable enemy in the Gorn. Um, we see quite a few different versions of uh, the Gorn in this one, yeah. um, including the... Uh, I-, I can't remember what they called the big one at the end. The any Anybody I can't remember? remember? I just called it the, the big Gorn. Basically, the uh, the xenomorph Gorn is what I call it. That, that, that's that's my thing. You know, when you said the name of it, I said AKA Aliens Three. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, uh, I was uh, not expecting George Kirk to go. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> I did love the episode, uh, though. I did love the episode, yes. though. But it was very much. It was very Alien. Aliens Three. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what uh, what was with Spock's insistence that he would could be the only one to do that, this? That bothered me too. Like, okay, you're, you're the only you're the only one who could do this. No one else on the ship has only you. Well, yeah, because he has physical strength that nobody else has. Yeah, I just thought there could have been a, a different way to do it. You know, I don't know. Uh, could it have something to do with him? Um, could have had something to do with him uh, pining over Christine. Like, oh no, not at all. No, I was going to say I don't think that would have had anything to do with no. it. I think he pretty much, you know, that the breakup was kind of his uh, transition back to um, m- the much more stoic and uh, logic-driven Vulcan. You know, yeah. burying the human half, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I, I didn't think so, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, Shaw, what, what did you think of this one? Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, good story. Like doing more with the Gorn was good, and I love that they introduced some um Scotty. Uh, yes. That was really good. Right. The actor was pretty good to play him, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad about that. And yeah, I mean, it was just a pretty good episode. All right. Um. Yeah. I. I how do we completely skip over Scotty and and even mentioning that this was his debut on strange new worlds. Um, that was almost as important as, uh, you know, the, the episode, the rest of the episode itself, the, the main plot line. Um, Mark, what, uh, tell me what you thought of, of, uh, the actor's performance, Scotty. I thought I liked it. I, I liked, uh, getting a young Scotty, a very, you know, and how every, you know, his whole, whole, I, you know, figuring stuff out is very much from an engineer's point of view. Um, I, I definitely like that. And, um, yeah, I thought it was a very, you know, we've seen, again, we've seen, you know, different iterations of this character. Um, and I love James Doohan, but to actually get one that can actually do a Scottish accent. Uh, well, I mean, it kind of helps that he's from Scotland. Scot- yeah, that does help that he is Scottish. Uh, but, but yeah, I've seen so many, so many, you know, Scottish Star Trek fans who love, say, we, they still say we love James Doohan. He is Scotty, but that was a horrible Scottish rogue. Um, yeah. So finally get to one who can actually is Scottish was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, overall, just like, like I said before, a great episode, a good, uh, just again, a good, a good core based, you know, um, very bloody episode. I mean, to see the, you know, all the blood smear everywhere and just the darkness of it and just, and yes, definitely can tell inspiration from the alien movies. Um, but 
just just a really good good episode. And a good cliffhanger too. Uh, surprised we got the the cliffhanger ending like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess they've kind of been they were teasing the Gorn as you know as being a you know coming as being a part of the season, and then we don't get them till the end. Uh, yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's why they you know have us. I mean, this is. It, it it's not the first time something like this has been done in Trek, of course. You know, we've we've had some classic uh season finales that were cliffhangers. Um, Most of Earth Worlds. Yes, yep. exactly. So it's not it's not unheard of, but it's good to it's good that they are adapt are adopting that tr- um that with uh with Strange New Worlds. That means yeah. it's hopefully means I mean strike you know, writer strike aside, it hopefully it means that um we've got more Strange New Worlds coming. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Chris, what uh, what are your thoughts on Hegemony and uh, the actor that plays um, that they got to play Scotty in this one? I thought it was a good, pretty good action-packed episode. Uh, still learning a little bit more about the Gorn and, and, you know, their, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it lack of like empathy for life, I guess with, with the way their reproduction is, I don't know. Um, I thought, it, I thought it overall was, it was pretty interesting. Um, I, I like that. It's going to be a cliffhanger, just like everybody was saying. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of just left it with Pike's kind of not, not sh- sure what he was going to do in terms of his orders. Um, so I don't think it was a, like a best of both worlds moment in their intensity per se, but it, it was sure. so good. Um, let's see what else did I like about the episode? Uh, I guess that, that's that's pretty much it. I did like Scotty. They, they did a really nice job casting him. It kind of he kind of reminded me of a nice mix between James Doohan and Simon Pegg. Um, mm-hmm. Reminded me a little bit more of Simon Pegg's portrayal, but you know, with being kind of like the goofy, jokey with the the technology that he was using. Um, but it was it was nice to see another original series character in here, and I I can guarantee going into the next season they're going to start bringing probably some of the other characters in, in some sort of way too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of rumors going around online that they're going to reboot the original series. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, based, based on how they're bringing characters in, they would have a full cast to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I personally yeah. hope they don't do that, but it's, it's certainly possible. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the idea of a reboot of the original yeah, series. I agree. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we should, I think that should be the, you know, sacred. Uh, I mean, you know, we got our trilogy of movies in the Kelvin timeline. I think that's, and th- that, and then this crew of strange new worlds is really all we need, yeah, but right. 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 I agree. Yeah. Yeah, pers- personally, I think the next iteration of Trek should be set in the future. Yes. I'd like to see something yeah. post, um, yeah, maybe not too far in the future, maybe not like Discovery era, but something set, let's say, you know, after the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind saying something about, you know, the fallout of what, you know, what's what happened immediately after the Dominion War. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like the few years afterward. You know? Yeah. I mean, we got the end of, you know, uh, sort of got the uh, a little bit of resolution. Uh, well, not not really, I guess, with Picard, that, you know, those those changelings being the ones that were genetically experimented on by, by, uh, by Starfleet. But um, yeah, I would like to see how things progress after the dominion war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do we, you know, do you, I don't know, if, you know, I, I assume that the, uh, the, the changelings 
stayed in the great link that they they were you know they got their resolution um i don't think they'll be bothering starfleet anymore but you know there's plenty of other threats out there right Mm -hmm. so all right um any final thoughts on this one no good shaw what's up all good all good oh okay chris you got anything no i don't okay well that that's all uh we broke down all 10 episodes of strange new world season two um we'd love to hear what you think once this episode releases you can go to the uh facebook or gnn posts about it and tell us your favorite episodes your favorite moments anything like that we'd love to hear from you and uh your comments might be featured on uh, an upcoming episode of captain's logs and lightsabers so uh interact wherever you see our post about this episode and uh we'll read you know we may read it on the next one we are you know fueled by the fans of gnn and we want to hear from you so so make sure you comment. Make sure uh, if you're listening to the show, if you haven't yet, like and subscribe. Uh, GNN has a new YouTube channel. Look for Geek News Now Official. Type all of that out into the YouTube search bar and you'll find us there. Like us, subscribe. You'll get all of the episodes of Captain's Logs and Lightsabers, of our other podcasts on the show, including two that are hosted by our guests tonight. Um, Shaw, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Geek Gauntlet? Give us a 30-second elevator pitch about the show. Yes, well, we um, speak of everything geek-related over the week. Every week, we talk about every show, comic book-wise, science fiction-wise, and such. Sometimes fantasy, if stuff is out. We put every as much news from the past week as we can. That's why we call the Gauntlet, because we run the Gauntlet of just speaking as fast as we can. Of as much news as we can, packing into an hour or so. Um, yeah, um, that's what we do. Please come listen. We we record every set um every Saturday at ten. Yeah, please come join. Yeah, yeah, the Geek Gauntlet's a fun uh, show to watch. Um, really good. Uh, pe- you know, really good chat. Um, I know they, you know, the hosts really keep an eye on the chat and it's a very active, uh, live chat. So if you are free, uh, on, what is it? 10 PM Eastern on Saturdays, yeah. right? 10 Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 Eastern live on the geek news now official YouTube channel. That is the geek gauntlet. And you also get it on the GNN podcast feed as well. Um, that leaves us with Mark. Uh, again, Mark is another one of our GNN podcast hosts. So I'm going to have him tell you uh, a little bit about the two shows yes. that he has. Uh, well, our main one is of course, war of the stars, a star Wars podcast hosted by myself and Garrett K Jones, who is a fantasy writer. Uh, he has written, uh, I think, or books um i i'm gonna he's gonna hate me but i cannot remember the uh the names of them off the top of my books but he is a published author uh and we just discuss uh star wars in all aspects uh currently we are doing our uh, reviews of the uh, review and breakdown of the uh soka series uh we've been doing i've been doing this for about six years and uh really honored and proud to be part of GNN and my other show that I'm doing, which I'm really excited about and it's been so cool, is a show called Star Wars to the Eyes of a Child. Uh, it's on our YouTube. It's going to be up on the GNN YouTube coming soon. I think the first two episodes are already up there. Uh, but basically, myself and my daughter 
uh, who's nine or going to be nine, uh, we are watching the Clone Wars animated series in catalogical order um, and then discussing it. Um, it's been a, it's a lot of fun uh, watching her kind of become a Star Wars fan and um, kind of go through this journey with her and seeing her fall in love with these characters um, that I, you know, didn't grow up watching, but, you know, kind of, you know, seeing her kind of grow into the fandom like this has been mm -hmm. cool. Um, and ironically, her favorite character is Rex. Uh, Kevin. Nice. She she loves Rex. So, do you think we'll get any? Do you think we'll get Captain Rex in uh, Ahsoka? At I'm least, hoping, I'm hoping. I think they mentioned that. I'm not sure. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. So, and I assume it's going to be Tim Morrison, right? Uh, it has to be. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's played live action. He already played a, a clone in live action in uh, Obi Wan. So did. yeah. So. Yeah, um, obviously that that has to, that's the only right choice, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Chris, um, I know you have a little a couple little side projects of your own. Why don't you tell us about those? Yeah, I have a small Star Trek YouTube channel that I do called Pittsburgh's Trek Chat. It's really more of a hobby at this point. Uh, I, I try to get episodes out as much as I can. I've released ninety six videos over the last coming up, what, on maybe six years, um, just kind of talking about the different series and, and different uh, topics related to, to the Star Trek universe. Um, but you can find that on YouTube. Just go onto YouTube, type in Pittsburgh's Trek Chat in the search engine, and it'll take you directly to my channel. All right. And uh, as for me, I think I'm the only one that doesn't have any real side projects other than this show. So, uh, I, you know, I occasionally make appearances on um, a, a Disney Cruise Line focused podcast, but I talk about Disney Cruise Line with the hosts as well as uh, some other uh, you know cruise lines that I've been on in my adventures. Uh, that's the DCL duo. I've been on there quite a few times. Um, I've appeared on a few other shows as well, but you know this is really the only place where you can find me on a regular basis. So uh, until we have another episode of Captain's Logs and Lightsabers. Uh, this is episode 30. My name is Jonathan. I was joined by Mark and Shaw and, of course, Chris. Um, may the Force be with you. And live long and prosper. This is the way. <laughs>